Welcome to Next Stop Now, a podcast about experiments in repurposing life. I'm Isabel Angel. Next Stop Now is a production of the Ecological Citizens Project, which grows citizen-led campaigns to build a more just, healthy, and sustainable way of life. In this podcast, we'll hear from different people who took a risk and changed their lives to change the world. In this first episode, I talked to my aunt and uncle, Ecological Citizens Project founders Jocelyn Apicello and Jason Angel, about their big move, from young professionals living in Brooklyn to running an organic farm on family land in upstate New York. We joined them and their two young children on a cold December morning, on the way to feed the chickens. Good morning. Good morning. It was. It's getting pretty cold out. It's getting wintery out. Hi, dogs. Hi. They're very cozy. My name is Jocelyn Apicello. I live on Long Hall Farm with my husband Jason and our two children, Seneca, who's four and a half, and Evan, who's one and a half. My name is Jason Angel, and we live in Garrison, New York, which is an hour north of New York City in the Hudson Valley. All right, Sandy, let's go. We call it a micro farm. We practice pretty much just hands-on vegetable and small livestock production. Um, And we preserve and manage the house, and we have jobs outside of the farm and off the farm because that's where the money comes in. We knew going in that the farm, you know, provide about a third of our income. So over the last couple of years, we've just built kind of different incomes coming from things that we love to do. So we, you know, one of the things we did is we started a farm-to-table dinner called the Cottage Supper Club, uh, where we host dinners uh, once a month during the season. And I also teach at Bronx Community College. I teach sociology and American government. I also teach uh, public health at the undergraduate level and through the Bard Prison Initiative where I instruct incarcerated men and women in New York State Correctional Facilities. My family has lived on this land for a long time. My dad still lives here next door. He's about 84 and my mom and we grew up around here. We have a CSA, this Community Supported Agriculture, where people buy a share in our farm. And we have about 50 families now. And other than that, we'll raise about three pigs every season, and we'll sell half of them off to CSA members. And then we'll raise turkeys and chickens for laying eggs, and then also chickens for meat. We started Long Haul Farm together in 2011, on pretty much January 1st the day we flew back home to the Hudson Valley from Argentina, from Patagonia. Uh, Jason and I honeymooned there um, after our wedding in 2010 to just get away from the New York City life, which is where we were both living at the time. So I was the director of the Center for Working Families, which was 
a think tank associated with the Working Families Party, which is a third party in New York State, kind of as progressive and radical as you can get. Their job is to push Democrats further to the left. And so it was kind of a job that I had wanted to get for a while. It was think tank work, but it was tied to politics, so you could get those ideas put into action. You know, there's something that happens when you get the thing that you wanted, and for me that job was the thing I wanted, and I still wasn't happy. And at that point I kind of realized that it wasn't the job, it wasn't about kind of dusting my resume off, and you know, it was about something more fundamental than that, and that was kind of when we started to change. And one rainy Sunday, Joss and I were sitting in our apartment in Bed-Stuy, and I, mean, I think I was the more bummed out one than her, you know, generally. And we decided to take half of our savings at that point, and we put them in a CD account, certificate of deposit, where you can't touch for a year. And we named it Argentina. And we were like, okay, a year from now, we're going to change. We're going to move. And that I just remember that, that day kind of standing out to me. And then, you know, about a year later, we, we got on a plane and moved down to Buenos Aires. And we moved to Argentina, enjoyed the urban life of Buenos Aires, and then bought a... Volkswagen Gazelle and drove 22 hours down to a farm in Patagonia where we really fundamentally realized we had to change our lives. Yeah, where? They're all away. Jason and I had a great routine of you know, morning um, writing work that we both brought down to Argentina, and um, and then afternoon outdoor physical work. And it's some, I don't think there was a, a moment that it happened for me, but um, it was just I, the memories of a cold, cold cabana, um, because there was just one fire furnace where I was doing dissertation research and Jason is writing out by a stream and to, see, to know that that was my morning and then to know that after our delicious lunch where we often had wine because it was just our routine, um, then we'd go outside and, and work in a garden and eat from the garden and be part of this kind of very small community. So it was more like a, a memory of a feeling that kind of made me think, I want this feeling all the time. It's very easy to get caught up in thinking that this is how life is. You know, this way I'm living is how life is. And to us, it was incredibly freeing to think that we could live our lives in any way we wanted. You know, that, that there's kind of a malleability to life and uh, you can change, you can change it and you can choose to live in different ways. All right, let's get the eggs and go back up. Yeah, do you want to get the eggs with me? Mm. Come on, come on. Two. Three. All right. Only three? 
Jeez. What do we say to the chickens? Thanks, chickens. All right. They're not laying very much. I think it's cold. It's getting winter time. All right. Only three eggs. Only three eggs. We'll eat them up. In the mornings, come and feed the chickens and give them some water. And they're pretty, they stay to themselves. They, they hunt and peck all day. And then um, we have a door called a poultry butler that closes the chickens up at night. So that's it. And uh, yeah, right. usually we'd have pigs and turkeys, but they're done for the year. So it's only the chickens staying with us through the winter. You doing a quick jump? Huh? You want to go on too? You know, part of us moving back here and starting the farm on, on, you know, family land is that my, my dad and mom live right next door. And we were, when we started the farm, we just had Seneca and, oh, blah, blah, blah. you know, it's kind of that old model of they help us out with the kids and uh, Seneca and Evan love seeing my mom. And then we're, we're, you know, as my dad's about to turn 84, we're kind of helping them out as they get older. Okay, let's see it. Whoa, nice one, nice one. <laughs> one of the things we recognized happening in, you know, the professional world when we were living in New York was that um, young families had to both go to work. And, and that meant that they needed to pay for their children to be taken care of. And that's just the reality of living in a city where it's very expensive to live. Um, and we decided we didn't want that for our children whenever we eventually had them. And so part of us leaving and then coming back and starting a farm on Jason's parents' land is so that we didn't have to go to work every day and we could structure our work life so that one of us, either Jason or I, is pretty much always home with the kids and playing such a big part of raising them. Um, and, and that was a conscious choice we made. Um, and we purposely, you know, have taken a cut, for example, in salary, um, but we traded out more time. <laughs> in this kind of um, transition that we've made and in our experiment, we really don't consume. I don't want to buy things. And if I buy things, I want them to be made by someone I know or um, from a local store where I know that my money is going directly to the person who's selling me the item. And I, I, you know, when I teach my students um, in, that are in undergrad, they all come to class and they have a coffee or a bottled beverage. You know? And I always say to them, God, you work so hard for your money. Why are you spending 250 on some sweetened beverages that comes out of a vending machine here when you could save that 250 for something and it's just a little thing but but those are the tiny little changes we made in our life that i think add up over you know for example the five years we've been doing it you started to get that nice it's a big challenge to try to teach such young children um these values we've got we've got a long way to go because our daughter really truly loves princesses and and dressing up and um, newness. But 
I think it comes over time. I mean, when just and that's another thing. Nice. Both Jason and I, growing up, weren't necessarily conscious the way we are now of our consumption, um, and it took it took effort to change. It's not just something that comes necessarily uh -huh. easily, and probably not ever naturally if you grow up in this country. protected from the frost and really doing well. So uh, this is the main growing space out here. You know, a lot of this farming method we learned in Argentina. You know, we've got kale here in this bed and we've got Swiss chard and parsley and some collard greens, a little bit of broccoli, um, some arugula over here. Would you have ever thought that you'd like be running a farm no, like this? Not at all, because I was kind of a TV head. I remember um, Saturday mornings, I would like get up at the crack of dawn like it was my job and watch like four hours of television straight. So I, I, the only way I can put it is you get surprised sometimes when you find, you know, you, you do something that's new to you and you love it and it clicks in. And that was one of these things. I mean, maybe I was, saving up, watching all that TV, saving my energy for this. One thing that we realized, and even when we were writing the farm plan back in 2010, was that you can't expect everyone to be a farmer. Farming is the way that we are exercising, you know, that um, need for physical labor and connection with nature. But we, you can't expect people to change their lives so drastically or to choose farming as that. And so I think that just starting with little changes. It's the small changes that count and that can really build your confidence into making larger ones. So some of the small changes or shifts in our lifestyle that I feel like we've done is we've moved any kind of money that we had into either socially responsible funds or to our local federal credit union. We choose to keep money as much as possible in our local economy. We have decided that while our children are young, they get hand-me-downs because they'll grow out of them so quickly anyway, right? So wait till they get older to start buying things for them. What else? Oh, we, we cook and preserve as much food as we possibly can that's grown on our fields so that we can not spend money in the food market or in restaurants and things like that. We even made our own parsnip wine to give it a try. So right now, the garden is kind of shut down for the winter. Everything, all of these beds have manure and compost on them and hay, and they're just mulched. And uh, when we start up in the springtime, we'll be able to plant right into them. One of the things I really realized was completely missing from a life that um, I could have led if I had stayed in, a, in an office or an urban environment is the appreciation for nature and wildlife and the seasons. You really just understand, you know, why farmers back in the day were so excited when pesticides were invented, for example. Because my, our daily battle with something like bugs <laughs> um, 
you know, it's just, it's just shocking. It's shocking how powerful nature is. And I think that if you live in an urban space, you are allowed to forget that. And which that allows people to then participate in the economy that allows, you, that allows us to hurt the environment. Um, so being here on a farm, I think we just had to then also start to think sustainability and, and um, because you really just gain a lot of respect for it. The last part of our plan was, you know, finding some way to be involved in social justice and social change. And so last year, we got a grant from the Endeavor Foundation to do um, what we are calling the Ecological Citizens Project. And it allows us to bring college students onto the farm to learn about, you know, our lifestyle and farming, but then also to think about how they can create a sustainability campaign on their campuses and bring it home. And then also we, we work with community groups on driving sustainability initiatives at the local level. So we're involved with a renewable energy project right now. You know, we don't think we're living in a political system where we can wait for leaders to address the problems we face. We all have to get way more engaged. And so it is part of our effort to build community and get people back into the game of making change for themselves. It's another way, you know, we're trying to create a life around the things we love to do and maybe we make less money. But to us, like the most important variable is time and how we're spending this kind of scarce variable of anybody's life, our time, and what it's put towards. Do you think we're just gonna like... Like, <laughs> throw the microphone. Evan, do you love Dada? Yeah. Do you love him? Say yeah. Yeah. I want so many blackberries, I want 60 blackberries. And, and old and old and old boy pigs. Yeah, wild boar pigs. We're gonna eat them. We're gonna cut them into meatballs. And then, and then for the coyotes, we're we're gonna make them into bacon. That was Jason Angel and Jocelyn Apicello and their family of Long Hall Farm. On Next Stop Now, we'll continue to feature stories like theirs. The music you're hearing is by Jazar, other music by Poddington Bear, editorial help from Constance Brimelo, Julia Brimelo, and Evan James, production help from Jay Cowett. Sometimes you just need a little inspiration to take that leap in your life. Maybe you'll find that in these stories. The next stop is now.